This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! And now, it's time for Coach Hogg's Locker Room. Good morning, Coach Hogg. Coach Hogg's Locker Room here today on a Monday morning. In the Melvin Law Studio, Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the uh-huh, Fighting Gator, and they did fight. We're going to comment about that, of course. And uh, we're protected 24-7, 365 by Crime Prevention, our good buddies. And sponsored by all the great sponsors you see. And I'm having a cup of Caliber Coffee. Go out to Caliber Coffee and use... Ward Scott 15 and you'll get a 15% discount. Well, good morning, good morning, everybody. Matt Cannon, Brendan Owick, Matt Stewart, everybody. Hey, um, I'm not going to start off with a gator. I'm going to start off with success stories. How about that? And let's take what I think is the, for many, many reasons, most successful football story in our community. And that is the Hawthorne Hornets. There are so many ways Hawthorne has been the forgotten side of the county. And it would have been so easy to just wallow around there in a nominity. And feeling sorry for yourself. And have the crime goes up, go up among the kids and the school, this and that. But as evidence what a great influencer, influencer is a new word I've learned, influencer. What a great influence, a great influencer can be. And Cornelius Engstrom. Cornelius Ingram, hometown kid, multi-sport athlete, football and basketball at Gatorland here once upon a time, is a huge mentor, obviously, and positive influence in so many ways for the young people in Hawthorne High School. Once again, He's got them undefeated. They had a great game against Newberry, another one of my favorite schools in the Salacho County area with James Shepard, the principal. Great community. Great spirit. That's exactly what Heartland America is built around. Believe it or not, Friday night football. 
between and among the high schools. And Hawthorne prevailed, and this one against Newberry. And Newberry is right in there with Hawthorne. Except, you know, Newberry is not a forgotten community. It's a thriving community. So I grade Hawthorne and its team and its coach and people and supporters a little higher. And that's not to say that I don't think a lot of Newberry High as well and James Shepard. But let's admit it. It's a great accomplishment. I mean, this takes more than just drawing up X's and O's. This takes leadership. This takes work. It takes community signing in, signing on. People like Matt Cerency broadcasting the games. I don't know Tim Martin broadcasts games from Newberry. It takes these type of people in these communities to really, what I think, and my opinion, who am I, to shine a spotlight on what we call sometimes heartland America. And indeed, these basically are rural schools. Newberry, in spite of its growth, is still basically a rural school. It's a community school. Everybody knows everybody. And certainly Hawthorne is. So I wanted to call attention to the high school games this weekend and give a shout out to those people who support them, who work on them, who are involved in those communities and uh, call your attention to them. That is really cannot be duplicated in the big city life. And it's something a big city life won't experience and have less and less opportunity to experience. Um, and Tim is in a chat room here saying they just got a player from Newberry um, get an offer from Ohio State, ranked number one or number two always in collegiate football. So I wanted to start it out with something positive, something good locally. Before segueing over to the Gators, part of the Gators story is a good one. The basketball team seems to have perhaps assembled a group of better-than-average players. And we'll see how that works out. We'll give this coach a while to do this. And certainly Kelly Ray with the women. I think she had FSU beat the number 12 ranked women's basketball team in the nation until her big low post player hurt her ankle. And when that player went out, it changed the dynamics of that game. I think Florida would have won that game had Florida not lost that player to another player rolling on a Florida girl's ankle. I don't know why that doesn't happen more often. 
So it was a close one. He got away from the Gators. I'm talking about women's basketball. But it was a hotly contested thing. Number 12 in the nation. Kelly Ray's a great coach. Give her some time. And volleyball is losing. But volleyball lost its big spark plug player to a season-ending injury. And so it's very unusual for volleyball to be kind of on the ropes the way it has been this year. But once again, there's personnel problems, injuries, and it made a difference. Turning to football. Gator football. I have an issue, finally, at long last, that I can identify and put my finger on with the head coach. A couple of things have always bothered me about Napier. They're little things. I mean, you say, why does bother you? Florida colors are orange and blue. He wears black. I know you're going to say what differences make. I'm just noting it. Why aren't you in orange and blue? Okay, put that aside. No big deal. The other thing which I've noticed, and the sports writer for The Sun today talked about it, is when Napier talks about football, you think he's talking about philosophy. He very seldom talks about the actual event on the field. Well, you know, in life, you have ups and downs. And he launches off into this, and a lot of coaches do, but not to the extent that he does. I always just sort of let it slide. I thought, oh, well, once again, like black clothing instead of orange and blue, What difference does it make? Oh, what difference does it make? So, but it was always the same style. Always the same presentation. But I saw the moment in, in, in Saturday's game that I thought matched what I objected to with those dry, intellectual dissertations by Napier about life. There was, of course, an injury to the number one quarterback, Mertz. Brown, the second team kid, who was destined to never see a moment on the field unless something like that happened, got in the game. And he sputtered the first time he was in there, missed time to handoff. But the next time he was in there, 
it became obvious this Brown, this kid, could light that team up. Up until that moment, we were going through the same motions that we'd always gone through that really reminded me of the over-intellectualization of Napier's speeches because I always thought his coaching style was over-intellectualized, over-detailed. All of a sudden, it's Brown. Is hauling butt, breaking long runs, and the team is lit up. And he takes him to the score. Man, the defense starts playing. People start jumping up and down on the sidelines. They get down there again in a position to score with almost two minutes left. And then it happens. The game which Brown had sped up with his youthful energy, his improvisation, his improvis- uh, 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 you know, making up stuff on the run, improvising, making things happen. Playing the game the way kids play the game. Suddenly, was interfered with. Timeout called. Boy, I knew that was going to be bad. Now you're going to get the doctor of philosophy read you from the data book what the data book advises you do with less than two minutes left, fewer than two minutes left. On the yard line, you're on, that close to the goalpost. You are to run plays that ensure you don't lose the ground you're on. Move the ball a little closer in front of the posts. Bide time. And then kick the field goal. Which is exactly what they did. They took the youthful energy. Nepier took the youthful energy. Spontaneity. Excitement. The improvising. Out of the game. Went to the data book. I mean, he gets the running backs are shook up. That kid runs out of bounds, stops the clock. They should know. The touchdown can beat if they make a touchdown there instead of a field goal, or at least try for one. 
that can beat Missouri. A field goal is not going to beat Missouri because Missouri's got the best field goal kicker in the country. That was the moment when I realized what is wrong with Florida football. That's the moment. Hey, it's just my opinion. Why would you put out the enthusiasm? Why would you put a lid on the boiling pot? You had Missouri scared to death at that moment. Touchdown would have won. Would they have made a touchdown? I think they would have made a first down with plenty of time left to try to make another first down or touchdown. Coach Hogg has not seen this analysis anywhere. I'll stick by it. That's Kill the Gator spirit, which had been kindled. And when you look back, you have to wonder how much of that has been going on. But anyway, it's not as bad, perhaps. Let me go to my next story. As. You remember the old I forgot the name of it now. You used to lower your body and dance under a stick. What was the name of that stuff? Um, and it had a little song, How Low Can You Go? And, you know, you try to go under the darn stick. Well, Deion Sanders was flying as high as the moon. Limbo, that's it, Ray, limbo. How low can you go? Well, Sanders was flying around as high as the moon, was he not? And now he's got his players turning on him. There was one of his players, Kavlowski, He posted an X at Colorado would be undefeated if they didn't play selfishly the way they played. Posted that on Twitter. Well, of course, nothing will turn on you more quickly than the news media. The news media, which had been a sweetheart to the dance, or about the first third of the season, picked that up and ran with it and made it a negative. Of course, the player trying to cover his derriere said he blamed the media for blowing it out of proportion. But there you are. Deion Sanders now 
went from the super story to now lower than limbo. How low can you go? Now, some people have tossed his name around for the Texas A&M job. I I promise you that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I mean, I shouldn't. If I were the president, I wouldn't go hiring Dion. So there you are. Now, if you want to compare my comments about Dion, and he's out of uh, two uh, my comments about Napier, at least Napier hasn't had these great ups followed by these great downs. He's just been flat all along. But flat all along is pretty much his style. And it might be that that style will eventually produce. I'm sure you'll get another year. After that, though, he might be going the way that some of these powerhouse football colleges, the uh, biggest of which is in the news, Jimbo Fisher. Why in the world they ever gave that guy $76 million contract? Ten years, I think. So it makes it a little more, if you figure 7.6 a year. Nevertheless, 10 years. Why in the world they ever gave him that? He was hired in 2018. Um, He had a record of 45 and 25. He had three bowl victories. But the team never made the college playoffs. And never finished higher and second place in what is now, of course, the Southeastern Conference, West Division. So when they fired him the other day, Texas A&M record was uh, six and four. So it's the largest, right now anyway, known contract buyout ever for a public college football coach. Now Auburn has paid 21, almost 22 million. Um, Malzahn, but Fisher beats that one by 55 million. Nebraska paid Scott Frost 15 million. Georgia Tech paid Collins another million. But by far, at one point, you know, Florida, I would need Franz Beard or somebody here to help me with this, was paying, I think, four coaches that they had fired over time paying them um, paying them money quite a bit of money all the way back to Musgraves I think Muschamp back to Muschamp 
So now Gatorland is looking forward to, well, we always got track, but track doesn't get the pub it needs. The University of Florida track men and women with Coach Holloway is best in the nation. Year in, year out. But people will start talking about baseball. A little bit about softball. So spring is coming up. We'll see what happens. And it looks as if the Gators won't go to – football will not go to anything. We'll go to any bowls or – you know, that's, that's bad news money-wise. But the story you keep hearing, oh, they got this great, great recruiting class. Wait till they get here. My problem is when they get here, they're going to be coached by the doctor of philosophy. That that's a little that's a little numbing, I think. The doctor of philosophy. We're going to take a break for the weather in a minute. Before we do, I'm sure you have all seen at some point in your television watching Kamala Harris. Now, Kamala Harris, I, I, I just blows me away, of course, perhaps you too, that she's actually a heartbeat away from being the president. But I was sent this, I'm going to share with you, by somebody who's obviously not a Kamala Harris fan. And it's hilarious. We'll probably run it a couple of times. I mean, I, I, I had to see it a couple of times. It's an impersonator of Kamala Harris. So, uh, production, let's run it. Uh, and then when we finish, we'll go into the weather. We'll come out on the other side. We'll probably at some point run it again. This is a lady impersonating Kamala Harris. If you wake up, okay, and don't want to smile, if it takes a little while, okay, uh, listen, open your eyes, okay, and look at the day, okay? You got to look at the day, (laughs) you do, (laughs) and listen, you'll see things in a different way, okay? Um, Listen, full stop. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow, okay? Don't stop, because it'll soon be here, okay? (laughs) It'll soon be here, yeah. It'll be here better than before, okay? Yesterday's gone. Yesterday's gone, okay? It's gone. (laughs) And listen, full stop, it is gone, yeah. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on 
demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. The Kiara Grace Foundation proudly presents An Evening with Tim Tebow. Thursday, November 30th at the Touchdown Terrace at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Experience a once-in-a-lifetime VIP meet-and-greet with Tim. Hear his heartfelt stories and his unyielding dedication to the most vulnerable. With your support, we can extend the reach of the Kiara Grace Foundation to save precious lives in Latin America. Get your ticket before they sell out. Don't miss your chance to meet Tim Tebow, be inspired, and make a tangible difference. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All these poop. A warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to Ward's Weather. Brought to you by Lewis Oil Chevron Fossil Fuel. Well, we may, certain parts of the South are definitely going to get it. We may get it, we may not. Towards Thanksgiving, uh, at least the eastern third of the nation, uh, it's going to be pretty rainy. Upcoming weather pattern, according to AccuWeather, is going to be uh, a bunch of severe thunderstorms. And uh, lower Mississippi Valley and the southeast. So hopefully, yeah. There will be a positive rather than a negative influence. So we'll report on that more as we get. Uh, we will not be broadcasting uh, Thursday and Friday. We'll take off that that time. But uh, what we go, we'll try to see where these storms are on Wednesday. Well, well, well. We just took a look at a Kamala Harris imitator. We'll probably play it one more time. It is funny. Um, and it is what it is. But there she is. As uh, Plantation Mark says, she looks a lot better in Kamala. Well, be careful now, my brother. Be careful. Uh, they'll be getting on you now. Um, 
Well, I got to cover a story here. It was brought to my attention by an observer of the Gainesville City Commission. <clears throat> you know, the Gainesville City uh, is about to implode. It's had Tony Jones sitting around forever, doing nothing, drawing a couple hundred grand a year. The Ward Scott Files caught him with a signed agreement with Brian Kramer to work for Kramer while he still worked for the city. They quick changed that to make him a volunteer for Kramer. Because after all, was he allowed to double dip? I doubt the dude knows. I mean, he's been getting special racial treatment forever. It's one of the things that the city of Gainesville is at up with. Racial treatment. The school board is trying to figure out how to make it diversity, equity, inclusion. Harvey Ward, when he was before that committee in Tallahassee, and he volunteered that the city raised the taxes 29% to make up for the cut lost by GRU transfer. The chair had Harvey go through the positions that that 29% was paying for. And one of them was diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the chair said to Harvey Ward, wait a minute. Part of the 29% tax increase is going to pay that person and Harvey Ward said, oh, it's really the old equal opportunity office. My friends, think about that. Is that what we call a white lie? Oh, can't do that, can I? A harmless misrepresentation and the chair didn't pick that up I would have stopped and asked a couple more questions about that what do you mean you trying to tell me now that diversity equity and inclusion is equal opportunity What was the equal opportunity person paid? You see how this goes? Tim, what do you mean? Did I just make it up? No, I mean, it's obviously what Harvey Ward testified to. That the chair asked him about. Is part of your 29% going for preferable racial treatment. What do you need? Diversity, equity, and inclusion 
to be paid that much for. And the only way Harvey could answer it, evidently, Tim, was to say, well, it's the old Equal Opportunity Office. I, I submit to you, don't take my word for it. DEI, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, is different than Equal Opportunity. Well, preferential treatment, yeah, I'm following you, Tim. But it's different than equal opportunity. DEI means, yes, you will not only prefer a person of quote-unquote color, but it'll be mandated. And you have to pay for it. Because that's what the going salary is now. And I know Zariah. He's the guy who's got the position. He's bounced around all over this community. He's like Tony Jones. He's like Robert Woody. Robert, Robert Woody is a professional black who fills the need of the Republican Party for black people. There's a lot of guys like that. I guess if I were black, I'd be one. If I were a person of color. Yeah, you need me? Where do you want to put me? You want to put me over the jail? Okay. You want to put me on the board for Santa Fe College? Okay. You want to let me run the Riker House? Oh, okay. You want me to be the police chief? Okay. You want me to be the city manager? Okay. You got it? Everybody understand what that means? It's code. You know, we had a whole program one day on code, what it means. And possibly our reward is going to be Exposed and some of the others were violating the sunshine. <clears throat> now cometh before the August Commission really probably driven by the Communist Commissioner Psycho Reno Seiko. the Communist Commissioner, who is a member of the organization Students for Justice in Palestine. Now, here is the city of Gainesville. Less than truthful about its hires, less than truthful about its finances, 
I would submit at least that's something you can think about. Prove me wrong. I'm wrong. I'm I'll gladly admit it. By that, I mean, is that the honest truth when he says diversity, equity, inclusion is the same as equal opportunity? I, I don't think so. So they write a letter to Biden. Complaining about the military strikes and tactics used by Israel, the airstrikes and ground invasions. And I read through the letter. And there's not one mention, unless I'm missing it. of condemnation or Hamas. If this letter is about taking a moral high ground, but you see, a city like Gainesville can't take the moral high ground because it is all about relative ethics. It's not about absolute ethics. In the collective bureaucratic mind, of the city of Gainesville. There is no such thing as evil. There is no such thing as good. It is all relative. It's defined according to the situation. Is it good that you tell the chair of the committee that DEI is really equal opportunity? Well, it is if you don't believe in the truth. That there's such a thing as the truth. If it's just whatever you can say and get away with. The very central thing you would think, if you're going to start out with, condemning inhumane behavior would be, of course, would it not, to begin by condemning Hamas. No mention of it. In fact, it's, it's justified. It's actually justified in their letter. And the Hamas people knew this. They knew that if they made it a heinous action by them, that the Jews would respond, and then the Hamas could claim, well, what are you, why are the Jews responding that way? Make them stop. You know, in other words, you cheat 
if you're Hamas, you cheat. By that I mean you cheat on human morality. And when you cheat on it, and the other side calls your hand on it, you holler, make him stop. The guy who calls your hand. And the city of Gainesville jumps right in the middle of that. The only bright spot we've got here is the president of the University of Florida. Who came out right away and said, I'm not going to have any of this. And right away, you know, he was condemned. Communist Commissioner Reno Psycho Psycho Sacco thanked residents for speaking to the commission and said she was afraid to speak out because condemning the violence against Palestinians. And when you really look carefully, we're looking carefully, the Palestinians. Palestinians feel safer with the Jews than they do with Hamas. Where's that story? The Palestinians feel safer with the Jews than they do with Hamas. Huh? Now, now prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I'm just trying to get to the bottom of this. What is the truth? What is the absolute truth? Not the relative truth. Not the situational ethics. What is true? But this reminded me of Gainesville, the Western Journal, has an article that the blue states have cut, so help me God, from oath requirements following an atheist group's federal lawsuit. The requirement, so help me God, was dropped in late October after an atheist filed a federal lawsuit against the New Jersey Secretary of State. In other words, got a liar involved. The suit claimed that the requirement violated the First Amendment rights of a guy named Tassone, who wanted to run for office, who described himself as non-atheist. A non-theist. Didn't believe in anything. He says he can't swear, so help me God. In other words, there's no higher power than him. There's no thing that he, there's no truth 
absolute truth that he is feels compelled to represent. So now they've got some other phrases. Maybe. And they go like this. I do solemnly, sincerely, and truly declare and affirm. Or there's another one. I do declare in the presence of Almighty God, the witness of the truth of what I say. The witness of the truth of what I say. And also, so help me God, can be omitted. There you are. That made me think of good old Gainesville. Meanwhile, the Declaration of Independence was founded on Christian ethics. It's on the money. It's on the the buildings. We know that story. You can read about this all over the place. The country was founded on the premise that a good God not only created the world, but demanded justice, liberty, and equality from those who govern it. And if you remove that as a foundation, the republic for which it stands will collapse. That's according to the resident scholar at the John Jay Institute, who is a professor of history who specializes in this language study. Interesting, huh? Is that the city of Gainesville? Really? Rosalind Carter died. Won't take a minute to remember, remember her. She and Jimmy Carter, of course, he's still alive. I think 77 years of marriage, I believe. I think a couple of stories come to mind about Jimmy Carter that are sort of funny. And one is Billy Carter. Billy Carter, if you asked, he would be the representative of the Georgia redneck. He had a gas station, had a beard called Billy's Beer. And I've got a story for you about it. I had a student from 
Hahari, Georgia. I think that's the way you say it. Come to Santa Fe. And when he came, he came barefoot. He came barefoot. And he came wearing a Confederate hat, the type the rifleman used with a short bill. Good student. Really a good student, but barefoot. We had a school newspaper at that time. Wonderful lady named Laura Chambliss was the editor. Advisor to the students. And Billy Carter, this is while Jimmy Carter was president. Had not been interviewed. Nobody had interviewed Billy Carter. So Laura called me up, said, do you know anybody, have anybody in your class who could interview Billy Carter? I said, I got a perfect person. I got a young man who is from Georgia who arrived here barefoot and wears a Confederate rifleman's hat with the Confederate flag and a whole bit. Now, mind, just around 1976, I think. Somewhere in there. 77, somewhere in there. I'll ask him if he wants to go. Well, sure, he'd go. He knew exactly where the place was. So this young man went to Billy's gas station and we had a great picture that we printed in the school newspaper of Billy and the students standing together holding a beer in front of the gas station. And so I asked the student when he got back, I said, how did Billy receive you? And he said, He told me, well, I knew when I saw you coming that you were one of us. And I thought that was hilarious. I thought that was hilarious. I knew when I saw you coming that you were one of us. And you know, Billy Carter, he went to Libya and hung out with Gaddafi. And they asked Jimmy Carter, you're the president of the United States. How can you let your brother go to Libya and hang out with Gaddafi? And Jimmy Carter, the president, said, that's my brother. I can't issue any restraining orders on my brother. He's got his own life. Wow. And you know, compare that to Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson had a brother. Forgotten the guy's name now. He was kind of an embarrassment to Lyndon Johnson. Behaving sort of like Billy. Lyndon Johnson sent word to his brother. If you don't straighten up, you're not going to be seen anymore. 
that was the end of the behavior of Linda Johnson's brother. Now, this characteristic of Jimmy Carter, which is a New Testament Christian attitude, not the Old Testament, God is in trouble with Iran. God is in trouble with Iran. An Old Testament Christian, the Jews, would not put up with that. And had we had an Old Testament Christian, we would not have an Iran right now. It would have been dealt with summarily. The other thing that Jimmy Carter did was his infamous interview with Playboy where he said he had lusted, he had committed, I'll quote, pull up the article, he committed all, all adultery in his heart many times. This is something God recognizes I will do, and I've done it, and God forgives me for it. Well, do you remember the stir that caused? Wow. Wow. People went nuts about that. God knows that Jimmy Carter commits adultery in his heart and forgives him for it. That made it to Playboy pages. But Jimmy Carter could not bring himself to deal with Iran. Have a great day. Oh, wait a minute. Let's let's, let's fade out. Production, let's fade out on that. We're going to run Kamala as we fade out. If you wake up, okay, and don't want to smile, if it takes a little while, okay, uh, listen, open your eyes, okay, and look at the day, okay? You got to look at the day. <laughs> you do. <laughs> and listen, you'll see things in a different way, okay? Um, listen, full stop. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow, okay? Don't stop because it'll soon be here, okay? <laughs> it'll soon be here. <laughs> yeah. It'll be here better than before. Okay. Yesterday is gone. Yesterday is gone. Okay. It's gone. (laughs) And listen, full stop. It is gone. Yeah.